hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. Are you fucking it high? Was- yes, I am! Asshole face man! You are my podcast, my only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my god. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics, okay? Are you interested? I know you are, because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. Oh, they're horrible. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> Bullshit! I knew it, I'm surrounded by assholes. The offensive has begun! That's right, the offensive has begun! Welcome to episode 104 of The Lotus Effect that we provisionally titled Angry Elf News. This, of course, is the show that's made up with the content that doesn't matter, and I am Phoenix. Uh, that fucking bitch. They'll bite your fucking nuts off. Chomp. Oh, wait a minute, I'm phone boy. Let's try that again. They'll bite your fucking nuts off. <laughs> Chomp. Yes. It's oh been, my god. It's been one of those days, folks. It's been one of those weeks. It's been one of those weeks. Oh. Fuck days. Uh, yes, I know kidding. So um Dear Christ. Yes, it has, it, uh, could more I, I don't want to ask if more shit could go wrong. Because with the impending weather that could whip up a fucking thunderstorm, and the next thing you know, power out and we're fucked. No, I'm not asking what else could go tits up. But at this point, let's just try to get this shit show over with. On with the show. (laughs) Yes, I guess we should probably do that. Let me go. Let me actually get to the to the to the place I need to be for this, which is uh, so unprepared. Yes, I know. We need to be on this clip. This is kind of strange. This is terrific. Uh, I think I'm going to be sick. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs I just had an orgasm. What a surprise. Bemrose had an orgasm. Well, you know what? <laughs> the Lotus affects everyone differently. And I guess that's how it affects him. So however, wherever the Lotus is affecting you, thank you for your courage and for propagating the model of the Podfather himself. And if you're new to the No Agenda family, well, here's how it works. We are a value for value podcast, which means that we do not have any shill, uh, 
patrons, if you will. We don't get paid by big corporations to talk about how great their piece of shit product is because they're sending us a fat check. All we have is you wonderful, faithful pedal heads who week after week come in strong with the boosts and the donations to our shit show. But how and why are you doing this? Well, it's easy. We provide you value in the form of entertainment and whatever that value is worth to you, whether it be your time, your talent, or your treasure, you contribute it back to us. And the ways that you can do that are to go to lotuseffect.show and click on the green We Like Money button to send up some fiat fund coupons via PayPal. You can also participate in the fantastic Boostagram party that we have known as Studio 33 if you have one of those newfangled podcasting 2.0 apps. And if you don't, shame on you. Have you been living under a rock? You can also send us something through the snail mail. You can hit us in the back channel for the address if you'd like to send us a physical something, which several of our producers have done in the past. And the way that this whole Boostagram thing in Studio 33 works is if you have a song you want to hear and you want to hear it next, well, you just put some value in the form of Satoshis and you make a request through whatever app you're using to fund your Satoshi wallet and poof, bing, bang, boom, you have a request move to the front of the line. Yes, that's true. And uh, that, that is how it works. And so let's actually read through some of the stuff. I What I should have done, this is one thing I did not do before the show, is I need to make sure that we do not have any, that we did not get any um, any any PayPal. Uh, any, any this PayPal. is not an excuse, but when I tell you this man has literally every single day of the week, that's why he played the Bite Your Nuts Off clip for his intro this week, because every day this week he has been snappy. I, I, if I didn't realize, if I didn't know for a metaservic, that metaphysical that whatever physical certitude yeah. that it i can't talk y'all my throat is fucked up and no it's not from being throat fucked too hard <laughs> i'm getting either bronchitis or a cold i don't know which but allergies too it's just horrible but the point of the matter is if i didn't know he really was a man i would think he was on his period because he has been so pmsy and tech is the major reason the whole redo that we did on the studio and trying to get the buzzes and the hums and you know the fact that some if not all of the audio at one point or another has been way over modulated it's just really stressed him out so i can assure you if the worst thing he did is forget to check if somebody sent us some value back i can forgive him for that yeah trying to get all the technical issues sorted out this is this you know we're, we're, I'm, I'm a perfectionist now so we actually so we just got a live boostagram because this is a new because it is a new live son of a bitch of course yes it is. is so this is a new live son of a bitch i wish i, I wish i had a clip saying this is a nude live son of a bitch because that'd been because because that'd be cool. maybe one of our our producers can make that happen that's right so meanwhile weirdo weirdo is one of our when he, he boosts a lot and so uh, he that that boost came in for 4200 sats uh we, we he uh he boosted uh for we're going back uh to the or going back to the beginning of the list here so weirdo boosted a thousand sats saying if a uh, future primitive predatory instinct that's what we usually get song requests for that uh uh let's say mama t uh, boosted 100 sats saying my sharona um that's that was yeah we, we, we played the parody of course uh 
Um, Sharky boosted twelve twelve sats saying those shoes by the Eagles. That's a great track. Um, and then uh, Sh- Sharky again coming in with thirty three thirty three sats. Bob Seeger, her strut. Uh, Sharky boosted thirty three thirty three sats saying can't stop Red Hot Chili Peppers. That was a great track. And then uh, Phoenix boosted thirty three thirty three sats saying don't slam the fucking door. Uh, we actually and thanks to Weirdo, we actually found out where that where the clip the don't slam the fucking door came from. The Winnipeg. Yes, because I'm supposed to be doing another episode of Funny Thing About Murder because it's been way too damn long since I did one. And that just happens to be a clip that I need for that episode, the actual video from which it comes. <laughs> yeah, where there we there we go. Sorry, y'all. The yeah. the video so that I don't have the electric trans music underneath it was necessary. So I knew who introduced us to that song and I reached out and said, Hey, uh, where does the sample off this come from? And Next thing I knew, it was in my text box with yes, information about other things. I have, I have a things. feeling we're going to have to pull some clips from this. I've heard, I think oh, it, I've, it I, is I've, absolutely I've got solid at least gold. Three thing, three, yeah, it is it's solid fucking gold for clips. I mean, seriously, like, you know, it's just the guy. Yeah, anyway, so there's lots of ways to provide value. Yes. Yeah, so uh, then you boosted. Uh, uh, then you boosted thirty three thirty three sats saying Danny California right out Chili Peppers, uh, which actually, <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, tell the story. Call your ass out on this one. Of da- oh well yes oh yeah that was during rideshare radio though yeah that was dur- either way I had I, I well no it was yeah something like yes that. during no no no, 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 no it, it was during test. the test it was that's a, right that's okay, right so, we were okay so we were testing yeah. the audio I we were I, I had I had done it we I had done an impromptu get on the stream kind of do I wanted to go th- I wanted to do a dry run right of the of uh, of going on the air and, and he wanted me to give him a song to play yes. So we so we did and and so you would, you were you were you you gave me a line of a song right and 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 I thought and I thought it was in Cal- Californication but it turned out and it was literally in- argued with me that it was Californication I'm like no it's not because I know almost every word to that song and no it's not and after he realized which song it was I made him literally because I had riders in the car and him fussing at me actually went over our stream which I use for rideshare and I said. You done wrong. You need to apologize, and he did over the stream. He I, apologized yes, for I being did. a butthead. Yeah, well, it's exactly. You know. I'm so proud of him. This is the this is the mark of a real man, yeah. someone who is willing to admit when they made a mistake, yes. even and, if it's publicly, and, and do it publicly. I, and I said, yeah, and I, would, yeah, I think you were surprised I was willing to do it publicly. I'm like, yes, I'm doing it public, because that was the discussion behind the mic was why haven't because he was it was it was kind of a why haven't you apologized yet? I said I'm going to do it on the air. Yeah, and that really like took me back because that that just meant a, a lot. Because yeah. if you're willing to say you're sorry, like to whoever's listening in the, you know, in Radio Land, if you will, yes, that's huge. That yeah. that really just takes your manliness to another level in my book. Manly men doing manly things. <laughs> anyway. You just killed a small animal. It's time for a light beer. Yes, it is. It's also time for uh, Sharky Boost in uh, 1,001 sets uh, for Crazy Train, which actually I had I'd already queued it. I had already had played it when he boosted it. So Yeah, so we subbed it out for, for Bark at the Moon. Bark at the Moon, that's right. Uh, so, and then you boosted 3333 sets. Uh, what do you say, uh, Mickey Avalon? And then, uh, and then you did 3333 sats. Head P.E. Raise Hell. Love that track. And, and Weirdo came in with 420 sats uh, sending uh, peace and love. So and we, we think, we're, think we're good with that. 
And we love the peace and love. Yeah. Little, uh, yes, weirdo. Little girl from Sweden dreams of silver screen quotations. Yes, that weirdo. You are fucking. Greta Thunberg. Yeah, Greta Thunberg. Yeah. Probably, probably that's when she was born when that song came out. So. Oh my God, that's probably true. That's actually, yeah, it is probably true. So anyway, if you want to be part of this, uh, this, this thing, you can get it. You can get an app. You can get, you can take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com or you can choose not to do that and go to new if you're shy yeah uh, or or your uh, or, or your future mother-in-law is living in the house <laughs> you know we go to yeah good point yeah we go to we go to new so um we, yeah. we've had to do non-nude podcasting since she moved in yes is uh, so it's a little little, little uh, yeah it gets a little different a little different feel in the studio with, with clothing on so um anyway if you well, want- with the with the colder weather coming we might actually appreciate yes exactly the extra layers that this is true so meanwhile um so um okay anyway you you um of nope. course now that you can't figure out where you are i'm gonna add the fact that i'm wrong uh we've been here a year doing this no we're not gonna want that extra clothing during the winter time simply because of the fact that heat rises and we're on the third floor we're gonna roast like thanksgiving turkeys that's right so meanwhile um there are one of the ways you can participate in this value uh, exchange is to give us feedback, and you can do that by sending us a message on No Agenda Social. I'm Phone Boy, P H O N E B O Y. She is uh, Phoenix, P H E O N I X, um, uh, uh, with a bunch of other stuff at No Agenda Social. Um, you can send us email, Phone Boy at Lotus Effect Show, Phoenix at Lotus Effect Show. You can. And I assure you, I do check my email on a daily basis. So if you email me at Phoenix at Lotus Effect Show, you will get a response, whether it's positive or negative, depending on the content of your email. That's right. So, um, meanwhile, uh, so yeah, you can uh, you can also uh, you can also participate in the refire topic, which this weekend, because we are doing two shows this weekend, we're going to be live after No Agenda tomorrow, and it will be all new content, uh, Christopher Battles. Um, so, uh, you, yeah, you can you can call and uh, one ringy dingy, two ringy dingy. Dell computers, this is Chip. And of course, Chip and Ernestine are not standing by, but Google Voice is, <clears throat> and it will mangle your transcript as it often does, like a lot for Sir Christopher Battles, and. Uh, You'll end up as a show title, which is always fun. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, so you can and and you can sound off on this week's refire topic, which is uh, what's your favorite leftover? You know, we've been having to you know we've been having to do when you do a show with multiple uh, when you do do two shows in a week. Yes, we we collect a bunch of stories and we have leftovers. And you know, this is a great. I think I'd already done some leftover clean out, and unfortunately, and yeah, we cleaned out the rest of them pretty much. So, but I think we're actually referring to your favorite leftover in the fridge. That's right. Uh, It's living in the fridge, right? Uh, Well, let's hope it's not living in the fridge because then you got more problems than just uh, it being a leftover. So we we play these during the 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 refi segment of our show and I'm going to actually I think I'm going to actually save the voicemails this week I'm going to save the voicemails to um, I'll save the I'll save the voicemails for Sunday so we're not we're not going to play them today I think we got enough things to talk about today but uh, just remember when you know that now now that we've done we've gone through that um, you know just remember so just sit right down relax open your ears real wide and say give it to me straight doctor I can take it yeah we can take the straight as uh, a straight poop as far as feedback goes just just remember though 
We don't want your shit. Please, Please don't, don't send, send us your shit. shit. Yeah, you know, that, that just be means... Be respectful. Yeah, just, just be respectful. You know, we have different points of view, and it's okay to have a different point of view, but, you know, respect that other people have a different point of view and a different opinion. That's that's all we are. You know, we're trying to live and let live here. We're trying to understand, and we're trying to do do the stuff that we do, but it's, uh, you know, the, this this is uh, not something that we need to, uh, um, you know, this, this yeah, let's not stress our, let's not stress ourselves, folks. Let's not create con- uh, tension where it doesn't need to be, although sometimes some creative tension is a good thing. I guess, but yeah, uh, I mean, trolling is always welcome, but with respect. That's right. We we have had a few times where trolls have crossed the line, and I was one of them. I mm-hmm. I crossed the line with the head troll at one point in time with something I said, and uh, he called me out on it. You know, in private. You know, with respect, and I realized, okay, that was a bridge too far. So. We don't get offended by a lot of things, and we try, as much as we make a joke about, you know, profane and profane accessories, we don't actually try to offend anyone unless it's an offense of the good senses. Meaning, if you don't have a funny bone and you can't laugh at some of the shit that we come up with, well, you know, I can't, I, I can't help you. All right. I guess we should uh, we should actually start this uh, show, which is, uh, um, you know, so we, we start our health segment, which of course is... Brought to you by Pfizer. How was I supposed to know that Jabber Jones lived in your pants? On Monday, the CDC issued draft recommendations recommending doctors consider prescribing a, a doxycycline yeah, to help prevent the spread of disease. And people, STDs are still a thing, I guess. Uh, now, officials told CBS News that the approach could mark a turning point in the nation's ongoing epidemic of sexually transmitted infections, or STIs, dubbed doxypep for short. Um, uh, doxycycline uh, post-exposure, the, 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 the approach calls for taking the antibiotic after a potential STI exposure rather than waiting until after the dis- a disease is diagnosed. See, they're just they're trying to they're, they're trying to just make more shit. That you have to get, like, oh, you have sex. We need to have a drug for that. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't forget. There's already that. Um, oh my god, I'm trying to think of the name of it. You see this like black dancer, and he's talking about this fucking drug. Come on, I know you guys know what the hell I'm talking about. It's like prep for V or some shit like that. Yeah, um, yeah, we did uh, lose the stream briefly here. Uh, we had oh hell yeah, this, this, but it lost, but it lost NAS too. So it was, it was, it ended up crashing both at the same time because this is getting to be bullshit. Yeah, well, that's I, I that I blame, uh, I blame Canada for that. So fuck Canada, fuck Trudeau. Exactly. So, um, but uh, you know, this is. But I, I look at this and I go, oh, it looks like Big Pharma's trying to find another thing that doesn't actually that you know they. There's one more fuck we need to give. Fucking computers. It's all their fault. Yep, it's all. It is truly all their fault. So, um, but back to our story. No, this literally sounds to me like that um, Prevnar. I think it's called Prevnar, where it's like this shit that you take to prevent yourself from getting an STD if you're gay. Or that is at least how I interpret it. I'm not trying to be oh, homophobic. There is there. We have. I, I don't remember if it's today's show or tomorrow's show. There's a, there's a story about um, a drug that they're that they're going to suggest. Now, actually, I think that's what this drug is actually su- suggested for. I believe. Uh, or there's this because it is a yes. It is that. Uh, let me let me read. Let me let me. They uh, yes. In fact, let me finish reading the story because this. Sorry, is the drug, I just ah. Yeah, this is the drug that they're talking about. If the draft recommendation is adopted, do- doxypep would be recommended for gay and bisexual men there you go 
Other men who have had sex with men and transgender women who have been diagnosed with at least one STI caused by bacteria in the past year. Those infections include gonorrhea, chlamydia, or syphilis. Now, the CDC is expected to advise doctors that prescribing a 200 milligram dose of doxycycline should be considered for these patients within 72 hours after oral, vaginal, or anal sex. There's your drug right there. You know, think think of it this way. Think if, think think about how much people have sex. If they if they could if they could convince the American public to say every time you got to have sex, you got to have this shit. Oh fuck, they'd never these these guys would never anyway be fuck they'd be making fucking millions of dollars, billions of dollars, I'm sure. Well, you get the you got the Brazilian wandering spider lotion for your dick. You get it all nice and hard. Then you take this uh big pharma this doxy pep and uh yeah, you're good to go. You can rail the shit out of your boyfriend for hours, destroy his asshole and not get a fucking STD. Fantastic. Way to go, Big Pharma! Yeah, exactly. You know, sounds sounds like sounds like uh, yeah. <laughs> this, ah, well, this is gonna be a fun story. I guess I think it's time to go on to the next story. Um, yeah, it, we... it quite possibly could be because this is just gonna cause me to rage and shit. So we're 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 gonna go to the next one. More sugar. Yeah. Because, of course, new research presented at the annual meeting of the European Association for the Study of Diabetes, uh, Ham- uh, Hamburg, Germany, shows that treatment with the drug semaglutide, there, which is, you know, another one, of the, which is, yeah. Oh, don't make me do it. Oh. 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 Just saying. Oh, yo, there's that, too. That, anyway. Um, you talk about... Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> My mute button. You talk about semaglutide, you can't talk about it without Ozempic. That's true. Because that's what it is. Uh, exactly. So um, this is the so anyway. While the effectiveness of one so anyway the the the, the research presented uh, that I talked about shows that treatment with the drug semaglutide significantly improves blood sugar control and weight loss in adults with type two diabetes for up to three years. Okay. Now, while the effectiveness of once weekly semaglutide to treat type two diabetes has been demonstrated in randomized control trials, long term, long scale, real world data has been lacking. Now, Israeli researchers from the Maccabi Health Services, the second largest health maintenance organization in Israel, which includes about 2.6 million people, retrospectively analyzed the data on the use of semaglutide in the 200,000 patients from the Maccabi Diabetes Registry. And they identified 23,442 eligible patients who had redeemed at least one prescription for weekly semaglutide uh, subcutaneous injections between August 2019 and December 2022. Okay, so I want to stop for just a second here. Okay, I didn't realize people took injections for this shit weekly. Oh yeah. Okay, so let okay, so let, let me just let me just do some back of the napkin math here for a second. Okay, each one of those do, there's a I guess a, I guess a treat you know it's like a thousand dollars a month or something for for the doses for that shit or more, right? Is that is we're that, still talking about the semiglutide, right? Yes, we're still talking. I about- actually saw a billboard that was advertising, um, I think like discounted uh injections and it was nowhere near the 900 to a thousand dollars they were talking about but it was still expensive yeah exactly i mean it's it's expensive and and sir bimmers we already actually named an episode semen glutide so you can't use that we We did we can't use that one again as as a show title but um but it is but okay so 
and which they have to get an injection, which means, okay, so, so we, we, okay, so ignore the cost of the drug for a second, but now I got to go into a doctor's office or a, or a pharmacy to go get this drug. So now you're keeping some, you're, you're keeping a couple of pharmacy techs, uh, you know, you know, or active, you know, maybe with a bunch of people. And it's, it sounds like it's a big, gigantic fucking scam for, uh, yeah. I mean, that's all big pharma is, is a fucking scam. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So anyway, the, the, they, uh, but, be, but before being prescribed semaglutide, 30% of the patients were treated with insulin and 31% were treated with another GLP-1 R, um, uh, RA, and I'm not sure what that is in this case, but um, within the first six months, adherence to semaglutide treatment was, um, was over 60% among 75% of patients. Average follow-up time was 17.6 months. Now, so six months after treatment initiation, on average, patients lowered their HbA1c by 0.77% from from 7.6% to 6.8%. Guess That's what? That's still diabetic. Diabetic. And reduced their body weight by, you know, 4.7 kilograms, which, you know, is like a, which is probably about, I don't know. For throwing all these numbers at you, you know, 60% of 75%, da, 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 I mean, they're talking in circles. Yes, they are. Now, further analysis or repeated measures examining change in HbA1c and weight over time showed that reductions were maintained over three years of follow-up, and this was more evident among patients with higher adherence. Now, side effects were not evaluated in the study, which we know exist by quite a bit. And in fact, um, yeah, so there you go. Um, okay. Now, is there anything we, more we wanted to say about that? I don't think. No, so. I mean it's it's pretty obvious that it's just another number dump to try to make people feel better about the shit that Big Pharma is pulling. I'm I'm ready to talk about our next uh, story. Only the lonely. Okay. So yeah, that, that, that's yeah. That's right. That clip's not that long. Um, so uh, let's see. Um, now, loneliness can leave many people feeling desolate, but new research now suggests it may also leave people vulnerable to Parkinson's disease. Now, among more than 490,000 people listed in the UK biobank were followed for up to 15 years. Loneliness appeared to increase the chances of Parkinson's diagnosis by 37%. Now, the association between loneliness and incident Parkinson's disease was not due to shared genetic, clinical, or behavioral risk factors, said senior researcher Angela Sutton, a professor in the Department of Behavioral Scientists and Social Medicine at Florida State University's College of Medicine in Tallahassee. Now, although this study can't prove that loneliness causes Parkinson's disease, I mean, those things seem like they're completely unrelated, there appears to be a connection. Now, loneliness seems to be associated with overall worse brain health, perhaps through greater inflammation or other neurological um, or neurodegenerative processes, and it's not necessarily specific to Parkinson's disease. Now, of course, the article just spends the rest of the time quoting the, research, you know, the researcher's pontification on why she thinks it's an issue, and, and yeah, I mean, I, I think... You know, I, I I think there's there is there a correlation? Yeah, but it, it, you know, wh why ask about this? I mean, what's the you know what, what you know what's the causation angle? On this? I was gonna say, remember, correlation is not causation. Yeah. So what is that? Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's it, it's it's yeah, I think people that have those disease, some of those diseases, yes, because they have to be isolated. I'm sure they would, you know, I'm sure if you asked a a, a you know a, a patient that had to spend all of their time in, in some sort of care facility because they were uh, because they have something like a Parkinson's or a, or, or um, you know or, 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 or Alzheimer's or whatever, yeah, I bet they feel kind of lonely because they're not they're they're not with their people and they're and they're and they're isolated just because their mental condition's bad. I mean, I got. Well, it seems kind of cyclical if you think about the fact that people don't want to deal with the uncomfortability 
of people who have Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. So they have less interaction maybe, which then leads to loneliness because we're human beings. We need interaction with other human beings. We need touch. We need, you know, we need that bond. So it, it kind of does stand to reason. Yeah, it does. Uh, now, actually, this is so. This is actually something that seems like it is a, a positive thing. And so, so, can you can you play the next? It's one? a step in the right direction, after all. Yes, it is. And uh, this is actually um, so. Um, there's a there's a there's six adults. So they, they, there's a clinical trial involving this drug VX880 that improves blood sugar control in uh, in in patients being treated for type one diabetes with three actually achieving in, uh, insulin independence, meaning they don't need to take uh, exogenous exogenous insulin anymore to control their blood sugar, which is unheard of. Yeah. So th this this is this is a, this is a small study. It's a, and it's a I mean it's a it's a yeah, I think it's a, it's like a it's it's like a phase one, phase two trial, but six adults were in the, in the study with type one diabetes, and they were treated with stem cell derived islet cells, um, and it's, which has shown improved blood sugar control with three participants achieving insulin independence, according to new research being presented at this year's annual meeting of the European Association for the Study of Diabetes. And, and there we go in Hamburg again. Now. All patients treated with VX-880, uh, not to be confused with Interstate 880, which has fucking potholes, and we know this. Um, yes, we do. Yes. Uh, has uh, demonstrated improved glycemic control as evidenced by the elimination of se severe hypoglycemia, i.e. low blood sugar, improvements in HbA1c, a measure of long-term sugar levels, and the amount of time their blood glucose levels are within the recommended range, as well as a reduction or elimination of their externally administered insulin needs. Now... The phase one two, phase one slash phase two trial result results presented by Professor Trevor Reichman from Toronto General Hospital in Canada are from a study evaluating VX eight eighty in adults with impaired hypo, hypoglycemic awareness and a history of severe hypoglycemic events where patients are unable to sense the symptoms of low blood sugar and sugar levels that may drop so low that patients are unable to recover without assistance. Uh, yeah, basically your uh, your diabetic coma. That's right. Um, in part A, following VX880 infusion at, at half the target dose, patient one has, uh, achieved insulin independence after nine months, which is pretty amazing. Uh, that's the first time I'd heard that that was even possible, which was sustained at the most recent visit at 24 months. This is a patient with a nearly 42-year history of living with severe type 1 diabetes who was using an average of 34 units of insulin per day prior to trial enrollment. Two other patients in the trial also achieved independence from insulin. Now, all six patients demonstrated improved glycemic control reduction in HbA1c, and an increase in the amount of time their blood glucose levels were in the recommended range, as well as a, re re a reduction in or elimination of their external insulin needs and elimination of severe hypoglycemia for more than 90 days. Now, 90 days post-procedure, uh, all six patients in parts A and B responded to mixed meal tolerance tests by triggering production of insulin, which is exactly what a functioning pancreas would do, suggesting that the injected islet cells were acting exactly as intended. That's pretty. Um, so VXA80 has been generally safe and well-tolerated in all patients' dose to date. The majority of adverse events were mild or moderate, with two non-serious AEs related to VXA80. Both were evaluated uh, transmissive uh, or, or, or 
were, were elevated uh, liver enzymes. I'm not going to try and pronounce the other word there. Um, that occurred shortly after VXA80's infusion and were transient and resolved. There were no serious AEs related to to VXA80 treatment itself. Now, despite the promising results, which you know, of course, that means they're going to get buried because obviously, of course, yeah. So um, the new cells are at risk from the body's own immune system. Therefore, immu- uh, immunosuppressants are needed to help prevent rejection, which may bring their own risk. And it's something they're actually working on to try to fix. So, but it's definitely a step in the right direction, as we said. Because, I mean, we know Big Pharma is not going to like this because they're either going to charge outrageous prices, which nobody can afford, or it's going to fuck over the revenue they're getting because people go, hey, um, I can stop being dependent on insulin and live a more normal life. Uh, Yeah, I think I'm going to do that instead of staying on the pharma tip. Yeah, exactly. You know, we can only hope. We can only hope. Now, meanwhile... um what? Yeah, I, when I when I saw this headline, I was actually I was actually surprised of this. We've known about type one. We've known about diabetes for a long time. It's been in the medical literature for over a, a century. And in fact, you know, prior to the d- discovery of of exogenous in- insulin, right? Um, this, you know, they they the they you know, that's where a ketogenic diet comes in hand. But but. What, what I was surprised at, it, I'll just read the, the headline here, is universal screening for type 1 diabetes around the corner? Well, now, all those screening programs, and this is, I just, and I didn't realize that they didn't have a screening process for this. I, I don't, I don't understand this. Well, so... Although screening programs have previously often focused on people with family members with type 10, type 1 diabetes who have who can have up to 15 times the increased risk of developing type 1 diabetes, most people who develop type 1 diabetes have no family history of the condition whatsoever, which makes this seem like this is an environmental issue and not, you know, it's caused by environment. Um, it's interesting what might cause all of that, right? True. Yeah, so uh, our knowledge of type 1 diabetes has now evolved from thinking it's a disease that suddenly develops to knowing that it is something that gradually develops after the appearance of multiple islet autoantibodies. Now, by screening children and adults to identify individuals with early pre-symptomatic stages of the disease, we can more accurately predict when they will first need insulin and prevent life-threatening DKA episodes that otherwise frequently occur at diagnosis. Dr. Emily K. Sims, Associate Professor of Pediatrics at Center for Diabetes and Metabolic Diseases at Indiana University's School of Medicine, explains that natural history studies have shown us that once someone has reached the threshold of multiple islet antibodies or autoantibodies progression occurs similarly in relatives and those with no family history well okay um it is just uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a silly thing that uh, yeah i just didn't know that there was no it's, it's like isn't it obvious when somebody has it because yeah i mean there i don't it's like do you do you need complex screening for this i mean it, it seems like to me that they're trying they're just trying to find more ways to uh you know look for things and potentially get you on the pharma train sooner of that's course what they seems, are that's what it seems like to me you know it's like is this is this something that we need to worry about well you know i mean there are there are things that to, that we do need to worry about here um well, well you know maybe this next story will uh uplift a little bit the fact that maybe you don't have to be on the pharma train forever from the start of life Yay! all right so um a cup of tea is a daily staple for many people around the world actually and yeah, we got your mom you know, there's your mom's doing a mushroom tea i think right now you, you, yeah she does a mushroom yeah, tea exactly. every night yeah so um but a new a new study has found that drinking dark tea specifically may reduce your diabetes risk now drinking tea every day may help to uh, mit, uh, mitigate type 2 diabetes and and progression in adults through better blood sugar control according to new research shared at this year's annual meeting of the european association for the study of diabetes in hamburg hamburg again there we go yeah 
Researchers from the University of Adelaide in Australia and Southeast University in China have found that compared with ne- with never tea drinkers, daily consumers of dark tea had a 53% lower risk for prediabetes and a 47% reduced risk for type 2 diabetes. Now, this was even after taking into account uh, established diabetes risk factors such as age, gender, ethnicity, and the body mass index, which we all know is bullshit. But, bullshit. Yes. The, ex- the researchers examined the association between both the frequency and the type of tea consumption and the excretion of glucose in the urine, insulin resistance, and glycemic status. So, is drinking a dark tea really an effective tool for reducing your risk of type 2 diabetes? Now, the degree to which daily consumption of unsweetened dark tea can improve an individual's risk of type 2 diabetes is remarkable. It goes to illustrate, once again, how powerful nature can be when we consume natural foods. And tea leaves have been shown to contain beneficial compounds that benefit the body in a multitude of ways. Uh, uh, cachetins, a, a polyphenol, in other words, an oxidant, an antioxidant, um, which are which are found in tea and have been shown to be responsible for the regulation of insulin, blood sugar, and energy metabolism by managing the signaling pathways. And the, the study suggests that drinking dark tea may contribute to a reduction. There's that word "may" again, right? Um, uh, reduction in diabetes risk for two reasons. First, it improves insulin resistance, which means being better able to control your blood sugar. Now, secondly, it contributes to increased glucose excretion in your urine, meaning there is less blood sugar to actually control. Now, Which is always a good thing. Yeah. So th- there's always further study needed. Now, the hypoglycemic uh, uh, effects of uh, polyphenolic uh, 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 compounds may inhibit uh, carbohydrate digestion, glucose absorption, and the stimulation of insulin secretion, all of which can lead to better blood sugar control. Now, uh, now, dark tea has undergone micro, uh, microbial fermentation. It's referred to as dark because the, the leaves are oxidized and change color, a bit like the rusting process with iron. Black tea is highly oxidized, where green tea is unoxidized. Now, meanwhile, yellow tea is slightly fermented, and dark tea is post-fermentation. Now, the results are positive, and drinking dark tea is certainly a low-resistance way to get potential important health effects. There, there's also the added benefit of hydration, which can affect glucose response. Uh, um, adding sugar or sweetener to tea will dissolve its recognized benefits for blood sugar. Now, one thing is clear. The foods and drinks we consume can play a role in our health outcomes. Now, the study shows that dark tea reduces diabetes risk, but it's important to consider your diet as a whole, including the sugar and stuff that you put in your tea. Um, so... Um, that's why it's recommended to drink it without sugar. That's right. Cutting out ultra-processed foods is another important step. Now, those will only increase inflammation as they contain more sugar, salt, and fat. We actually do have to talk about that. Um, there have been linked to an increase in, in obesity, type 2 diabetes, and increased risk of heart attack and strokes, too. Yeah, we talk about that all the time. Yeah, and the results of this new study linking daily dark tea consumption with a reduction in diabetes are certainly promising. It's also an easy, enjoyable way to do something good for your health. No. See, I think that's brilliant marketing because when you put in that little that little gotcha there with, oh, it's also an easy and enjoyable way to do something good for your health. People naturally want to feel like they're doing something good for their health. This is why this is how this is how easy it is for people to have their good intentions be stolen. That's exactly. Know, that's, that's another example of that. Now, um, okay, so yeah. surely you can't be serious. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. This is almost a dishonorable mention, just based on the headline. So both high and low HDL cholesterol tied to increased risk of dementia. 
Having either high or low levels of high-density lipoprotein cholesterol or good cholesterol is tied to a small increased risk of dementia in older adults, according to a study published in the October 4, 2023 online issue of Neurology. The study does not prove that high or low association levels of LDL cause dementia. It only shows an association. Well, yeah, much like the rest of cholesterol testing about anything else. So, um, so my, my question, though, is what the fuck are people supposed to think when they listen to this headline? Well, I mean, you would think that no matter what I do, I'm going to get fucking dementia. Yeah, pretty much. That's the way I look at that. Um, well, yeah, it says it, both high and low HDL cholesterol. You're feeling like you're defeated no matter what you do. That's with right. With that headline. And, and, and by the way, what is you know what is considered acceptable well i'm sure there's some debate about that so anyway well, I, I, yeah we are constantly debating it here on this show okay so i believe um okay. yeah you're all are gonna love this one yeah oh 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 yeah, your clip, your, uh, your clip misfired. You're gonna, oh, you're gonna have to. Clip, I'm you're, you're, gonna, you're gonna have to kill your. Uh, I don't know how. To, oh, I have the, to kill you it. You have to kill the oh, sound word. Yes. Someone hates me yeah. in life. Yes. Someone hates me in life. Okay, so I just, worked so hard on this fucking piece try it, of shit. Try it again. Oh. 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 You know, people are using sil- um, psyllium husk as a alternative to Ozempic. Now, the question is, does it work? Well, while Ozempic is currently only approved for the treatment of type 2 diabetes, its off-label use for weight loss has created a bunch of media buzz as well as a skyrocketing demand. Now, this demand has contributed to shortages of the medication. We've covered this extensively throughout the show. And additionally, if you don't have insurance, it's also quite expensive, averaging about $900 for a one-month supply. And this has left eager consumers searching for cheaper substitutes. Now, one alternative that's being touted as the poor man's ozempic is psyllium husk fiber. At around $16 for a 24-ounce container, the supplement is affordable for most people. It's also easy to obtain at your local grocery drug or discount department store. And proponents of psyllium, like TikToker Master Diabetes, claim that the bulk created by psyllium can trigger stretch receptors in your small and large intestines, sending a signal to your brain to reduce your appetite in a similar way to how drugs like Ozempic and Wegovy work. But does psyllium really work like Ozempic does for weight loss? Now, both fiber supplements like psyllium and medications like Ozempic can suppress appetite. However, they do so with two different mechanisms. Psyllium is considered to be a bulk forming laxative. When taken with water or juice, it will absorb and swell into a soluble gelatinous mass in the stomach. And while in the stomach, the swelling gives the impression of fullness, temporary easing, temporarily easing one's appetite until the fiber passes into the intestines. Now, on the other hand, semaglutide is a glucagon-like peptide 1 agonist. It can target the appetite centers of the brain, creating prolonged satiation and feelings of fullness. It can also slow stomach and intestinal emptying, which can extend the feeling of fullness after eating. Yeah, it can also cause um, 
ilium or whatever the hell, uh, ileus, where it literally causes a blockage in your colon or it stops your stomach from having the per, um, peristalsis necessary to pass waste. But hey, who am I to judge? Now, there is... <clears throat> sorry. There's a couple of ways that psyllium might potentially aid in weight management. Because of its water-absorbing properties that create a gel-like substance in your stomach which enhanced the feeling of fullness, it can lead to reduced caloric intake as individuals can feel full sooner and for longer periods. Secondly, it might aid in stabilizing blood sugar by reducing the likelihood of hunger spikes and cravings. People haven't had much success when using fiber supplements for either weight loss or stabilizing blood sugar, so I wouldn't count on fiber supplements to help you lose weight. But on the other hand, we do know that Ozempic can help you lose weight. We've heard all the stories about Sharon Osborne and all the other people who are dropping weight and getting Ozempic butt and Ozempic face. Now, studies involved with semaglutide over long periods of time have shown that the drug is safe and effective. Yeah, safe for who and effective at what? Not only with weight loss, but also long-term maintenance. Now, the drug can lead to a loss of about 15 to 20% of body weight over the course of six months, which translates to about 20 to 27 pounds of weight loss. That doesn't seem like all that much, especially when eating the way that you and I eat. And if you're actually putting in maybe 30 minutes a day or whatever of movement, yeah, you can lose at least three to four times that by not putting pharma in your body and just putting the work in. But hey, that's just me being judgmental again. So if you do decide to give psyllium a try, there's a couple of precautions that need to be aware of. One is that although it's natural and available without a prescription, there's some potential side effects, including nausea, constipation, diarrhea, flatulence, in, in other words, farting, cramping, and gas pain. Well, um, I think those are a lot less, uh, some of those are a lot like the ones on Ozempic, um, except for maybe a little less dangerous. So to lessen the risk of constipation in particular, drink plenty of water when you take psyllium. And when it's taken without adequate fluid, it can, it'll find and absorb any moisture it can in your bowels and it can lead to dry, hard stools, which results in severe constipation. And it's very painful. So additionally, you should make sure to take it away from any medications that could interact with it. Who knew fiber could interact with medications, right? So taking fiber supplements at the same time as certain drugs can reduce their absorption through engulfing the tablets and allowing them to pass through the intestines without being absorbed. And the types of medications you need to be concerned about are antidepressants, some anticoagulants, thyroid supplements, anticonvulsants, digoxin, metformin, and some antibiotics. So there's a wide range of medications that you really should not be taking psyllium if you are on. And while it has the ability to suppress appetite, it doesn't work in the way that Ozempic does, and it might not be as effective in helping you lose weight. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think this. I, I don't think the whole the point of those things is. Not, I mean, I, I used to. We used to. We used to. We used to, we used to give my son. Uh, what was it? Um, uh, Miralax, right? One of those kind of, yeah. I mean, uh, anyway, as 
Yeah, well, you know, diet can solve. Yeah, again, this is one of those things. It's like you don't. If you're eating right and to begin with, you don't need to take fiber. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So anyway, it's just kind of weird thing. All right. So I think it's time to uh, move on to the next section, which means I think uh, it is. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Yes. Uh, now, so the psychedelics plus psychotherapy can trigger rapid changes in the brain, according to uh, new research that the level of neurons is untangling. How, right? Now, the, the human brain can change, but usually only slowly and with great effort, such as when learning a new sport or a foreign language or recovering from a stroke. Learning, learning new skills uh, correlates with changes in the brain, as evidenced by neuroscience, research with animals, and functional brain scans in people. Uh, presumably, if you master Calculus 1, something is now different in your brain. Now, further, motor neurons in the brain expand and contract depending on how they are often they are exercised, a neuroreflection of use it or lose it. Right? Now, clinicians and scientists know there are times the brain can make rapid, enduring changes. Most often, these occur in the context of a traumatic experience. Oh, God, I've had to do a lot of that in the last uh, couple of years. Uh, oh, my God. I yeah. think that's why I'm always feeling like my brain's going to explode because it's getting bigger from all of this tech shit I have to put in it for school. Yes, uh, um, yeah, so the, but most often these occur in the context of traumatic experiences, leaving an indelible imprint on the brain. But positive experiences, which alter one's life for the better, can all occur equally as fast. Think of a spiritual awakening, a near-death experience, or feeling of awe in nature. Now, social scientists call events like these psychologically transformative experiences or pivotal mental states. And for the rest of us, they're forks in the road. Now, presumably, these positive experiences quickly change some wiring in the brain. I think I can, I think I can say that that is definitely true. <laughs> Uh, my experience now how, how do these how do they happen right it seems the brain is a way to facilitate accelerated change and here's where it gets really interesting psychedelic assisted psychotherapy appears to tap into this natural neural mechanism Woohoo! yeah it's, so so let's uh, let's let's smoke weed every day right i guess uh, uh well oh this is different well no this is psilocybin lsd and things like that okay well um mdma now, I see. Now, a mental journey that's impossible to put into words. Now, however, it can be conceptualized as an altered state of consciousness with distortions of perception, modified sense of self, and rapidly changing emotions. Gee, that sounds like, it sounds like me lately, in fact, with that. And, I'm, and I can assure you that there are, I'm, I've got no psilocybin on board. Um, presumably, there's a relaxation of the higher brain control, which allows deeper brain thoughts and feelings to emerge into conscious awareness. Now, psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy combines the psychology of talk therapy with the power of a psychedelic experience. Researchers have described cases in which subjects report profound personally transformative experiences after one six-hour session with the psychedelic substance psilocybin taken in conjunction with psychotherapy. And uh, the uh, and 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 so um, oh okay, I think that's I think that was it because it seems like that we've now yeah there's not a good transition on that one and I I take responsibility I think that one was my fault okay so the, okay, but we, you know what uh, as much as I hate therapy and refuse to go uh, I think I might be a little more persuaded if somebody said hey I'm a therapist you come to me I'll give you some magic mushrooms we'll have a chat we might have a conversation at that point. Yeah, so I think I'm just saying. Yeah, exactly. So because I have know. to, yeah, because because I had to correct for the fact that there was a, a that uh, there's a that there's an issue here in the in the show script because of course it actually does uh, it does impact work. Because there, 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 do you have a clip to play with that next? I I do. You actually. Oh do my this. god, that is amazing. 
thing. Well, there we yes, go. Yes, this is quite amazing. So there is a painting that was assumed to be a copy, but then later found out because they found a note that was hidden in the frame made it worth thousands because it's actually real. Now, the painting was assumed to be a copy, and it's a 200-year-old painting that has been identified as the original portrait of a Tyrolese lady by renowned 18th century artist Rosalba Carrera. Now, Carrera was known as the queen of pastel painting for the for painting a series of women from across Italy during the early 1700s, and she was greatly admired by King George III. Now, the painting was left by Maurice Egerton, the fourth and last Lord Egerton of Tatton, to the National Trust when he died airless in 1958. Now, after being placed in storage in the 1980s at Tatton Park in Cheshire, it's now been identified as an original piece upon the discovery of a unique slip of paper tucked behind the frame. Xavier Solomon, deputy director and chief curator of the Frick Collection in New York, says the slip of paper was a satini. It features prayers and blessings for a safe passage that the artist hid in works she exported. The picture has been in our picture store since the mid-1980s and was thought to be a copy of a Carrera work rather than by her. Xavier had hoped to find the Santini still tucked into the back, and we were all really pleased to find it there. Now, over time, these fragile bits of paper often become lost or separated from her works. Rosalba became one of the most popular and sought-after artists. From her beginnings as a painter of scenes for snuffbox lids, she moved on to portrait miniatures and then became an integral, excuse me, became integral in popularizing the use of pastels. She was in she was initiator of the Rocco style and is remembered as one of the most successful women artists of any era. But sometimes her work was considered risque due to the delicate lace coverings depicted on the subject's clothing only just saving their modesty. I don't find that to be a problem, but you know, maybe that's just my opinion. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, well, But yeah. I think it's amazing because to think that, the, I mean, first of all, why didn't anybody check this painting when it first arrived at the location in Tatton Park. It wouldn't have been that hard to check the frame. You know that she has a habit of sticking the Santinis in the frame. Check the frame. Fucking amateurs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, you, you can't blame computers in this case, I can assure no, you. No, you can't blame computers. You can absolutely blame human error for the stupidity. That's right. Well, yeah, and, and I've, 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 I think I've now since corrected the script here, and uh, now we can go on to the next, uh, the next uh, story here. That's right, we can. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Yes, um, but uh, a bride received a letter and a card from her dad from beyond the grave on her wedding day. Um, There's the story. 32-year-old Freya uh, Rosati was just 11 when her dad, Philip Hargraves, died from esophageal cancer at the age of 53. They, which, 
it's weird to think that I'm not that far. I'm, I'm, that's that's not too far away from where I well how old I am. Uh, they Very used to do scary. everything together. They well yeah. He'd take her to dance classes. They would watch films and play games together. If Freya's mom ever said no, her dad would always say yes. Sounds but un- kind of familiar. Yes, but understanding his fate, Philip wrote nine cards for Freya, eight for birthdays, and a final one for her wedding day in the weeks before he died. Her mom Teresa read the card to wedding guests in lieu of Philip's father of the bride speech, leaving everyone in tears. Even looking at his handwriting on that card, it really just felt like he was there, and it was so nice, said the Buckinghamshire bride. It was such a sad moment, but so important to me that the card was read out. I wish I could be standing next to you, the proudest dad in the world, to walk you down the aisle to the man you love and to the next chapter in your life. Today is your day. Enjoy everything about it. Laugh and cry. Be happy and confident. Face everything full on. You will then succeed in your life together. You gave me some of the proudest moments in my life with your sense of humor, intelligence, understanding, and caring nature. Don't ever change. Love you forever, Dad. Freya, a self-professed daddy's girl, was determined to involve her father as much as possible on her big day, and little bits and pieces of their 11 years together were everywhere from the music to the decor. Having enjoyed a holiday to Antigua, Freya had steel pans play her aisle uh, walk music. F- uh, photographs of Philip and Freya be- uh, bedecked a memory tree which sat at the front of the wedding venue. Now, while she couldn't wear something new, she did involve Philip for something old, a diamond necklace that he had given her as a gift. Now, she remembers him as a proper warrior who never wasted any time or complained about being ill in the downhill slope that led to his passing. Oh, Yeah, it's kind of a nice a nice little thing. Um, you know, been thinking about a lot about my dad lately, but of course there's a lot of things going on right now, so um, yeah. yeah, and I mean, this this touched me, you know, personally because, you know, when, when you and I finally get to that moment, you know, that's that's one thing that I won't have is someone that my dad actually approves of. Or, I mean, for a change, I mean, I would have someone my father actually approves of, and he might care a little more to be a part of it. But since I don't have him, I'll have to find something else. That's right. Well, yeah. Well, I, I'll say both of my parents have passed away, so you know, not that not that it matters anyway. But um, so, all right. Well, well but- you know, if my mother doesn't start, you know, taking care of herself because I can't do it for her. I might not have any parents by the time we get married either. Yeah, that's right. Well, uh, I know. All right. So with that, we are going to um, we're going to now play our cavalcade of stupidity, which we, which we got from uh, from Rev here. So uh, let's get this thing going. Let me let me start this thing up and uh, and play it. Heidi ho, pedalheads, and welcome to the Rev Cybertruckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. Well, since we're getting into October, I decided to uh, kind of reach down into the uh, the comedy horror genre and find myself a gem. I do have to say, this group is actually kind of hard to get any information on. So far, all the information I've been able to find is that they make hilarious videos. So without further ado, released in October of 2018, this is The Merkins. Or the Slash Street Boys. I'll kill you that way. Yeah, yeah. I said you on fire with gas and a lighter. You'll scream when I 
say I'll kill you that way Play the full version of that, uh, of course and, we will, and, and the parrot and the song that it's parodying in the uh, in Studio Thirty Three, um, because of course we have rules about this stuff. Um, so uh, we are now into the toast and jam segment, and yes, get, we are, and I get to talk, and I get to talk about holy fucking shit, folks. Um, so as you know, uh, last week um, we got the we got the we. And we we started improving the the quality of the studio. So a new iPad was trying per- to up our game. Yeah. So a new iPad was purchased. Now that okay. So so let's talk about so talk about the audio stack prior to all of this starting. I have a Linux computer. It's actually a laptop that sits here and is ultimately the streaming computer, right? So when I go out on the stream, this 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 laptop is the thing that is doing it. Now I I had a I had my road my Rodecaster Pro two plugged into it, which had which had microphones and various things plugged into it, including an <laughs> iPad that had a that had an analog jack now unfortunately all the new ipads uh, you know or, or pretty much any you know pretty much any sort of mobile device yeah they, they don't have analog jacks anymore because you know you can't drm those things uh so actually that was kind of one of the things i noticed when i got my iphone mm-hmm. when you and i first got together i have an iphone 13 and my first thought was well fuck me running there's no three five jack on this bitch and of course you know i it's not a problem because I have this wonderful studio and AirPods and I'm a faithful member of the Apple cult now, but I can remember that being my first reaction when I got the new phone was like, where the fuck I plugged the headphones uh, in. Okay. So we, so we, so in any case, what, what ends, so the, um, what ends up happening with it. So that kicked off a whole bunch of changes. And so now I, when I, when I bought the road, the new roadcaster, uh, s- several months ago, uh, I didn't get. I didn't like get rid of the old roadcaster. The other roadcaster was here, and so it. it and it, I can remember now. In fairness, I can remember asking Phone Boy, "Hey, since you have the new roadcaster too, can I use your old roadcaster?" And at the time, he had said no, and I was kind of folding my arms like, "Well, fuck me," but he didn't. Well, I think at the time he might have told me, it's not that I don't want you to use it. We just don't have enough ports to put everything in to make it work. And I was like, well, okay, you know, I get it. And now I really get it because for the last week with, actually it's literally been a week because we were still fucking around with this when we went on air last Saturday. Yeah. And it has been so eye-opening. But I got to tell y'all. There's something very sexy about having two large monitor screens and a smaller one plus a laptop and a tablet in front of me. 
I really feel like a tech nerd. I'm loving it. Yes, this is so. So yes, the other. Okay, so I'm gonna have to find the. Let me let me find the photo that I had actually, uh, and I'll post it. And I actually will post this in the show notes because I think this is this is a photo that I had uh, taken last night. uh, That I will that I will put in here of of the studio uh, as it as it exists more or less right now. I didn't know how to use all the holes. Yeah, I I know, but uh, there's it's too bad I was coughing behind the mic or I would have commented on that. Yeah, exactly. Well, so uh, trust me, I know how to, I, I, I there I, I know how to, I know how to use the right holes. I can assure you of that. So there, this is, there is there is no complaint when he plugs his uh his his, his cords yeah. in into my jacks. I assure you. Yeah, there, yeah, exactly. I, I just want to make sure that I haven't already copied this one up. All right, so I got to put because I got to put this up in the. I've also got to do the thing here. But if you look in the studio, you'll see that I've got a I've got a monitor off to my left, and that computer's not generally used during the show, although I have it sometimes, and it's there. The main, you know, my computer's the one on the left that uh, that with the and and then we actually the 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 computer the thing that's now between the two uh, the two roadcast. Is a, is, is a monitor for a computer that actually sits to the left of me but the idea but uh, but I moved that monitor to between us so that we can both see it and I've and, and I actually have a wireless uh, uh, keyboard plugged into this computer and so uh, as a result of uh, this so and, and now actually we both can control the stream and so when I go off into the other room to go get a um, to go get make coffee or something like that then I'm able to do so and she can actually see what's going on in the stream and also because she, because uh, well and, because yeah, uh, because when we're in Studio 33, with the music computer being all the way to the left and him sitting there, I, I can't really see what's being played, how much longer it has, etc. And if, God forbid, he's doing a Bemrose or he's making coffee and the song ends, I need to be able to unmute and do some you know, some broadcasting before the next song starts so that we're not dealing with dead air. So this makes it so much easier to do that. But I want you all to notice, the two big monitors belong to Phone Boy. Who gets the teeny tiny monitor? Mm -hmm. Phoenix, we know the hierarchy in the studio. Yeah, well, that's also just the monitors we have left that we had all left over. It was just kind of the way it worked out because I've cause, yeah yeah because I've had yeah. to pretty much I, so the monitor that actually the stream shows on right now that also gives you the ability to monitor the uh, the the uh, what do you call it? And I need to actually make sure. I have a feeling I'm not making it over the no agenda stream correctly. So give me just a moment here while I go. Fix yeah, this. you know it. It is a question. I was looking at yeah, I, I see a the, uh, levels monitor yes, on that and kind of wondering like, hmm, something going on there. I don't know. And that's what's that's what's bugging me here. So I'm trying to make sure that there is nothing. I, I, it should be okay. I'm gonna just double check it and, and and make sure. Okay, they're actually going the same thing now. I had I, I had to jiggle the handle. It seems like it's working now. Okay, so the levels are correct on the no agenda stream. So I apologize if you're listening on the no agenda stream. Uh, yeah, we had that little issue there. So, um, <clears throat> but anyway, we. So without we so when when I started looking through this I went okay so now there's there's some features on the Rodecaster Pro 2 that I had not actually leveraged yet and I kind of thought about it and I said well wait a minute the so now I have to keep the Rodecaster so there's there, one of the USB ports is plugged into the computer I use for work and and there, there's a reason for that well that's 
my day job, right? That's how I do, you know, how I do what I do, right? So that, so all of that needs to be done on that computer. But it has a second USB port that I wasn't using, and so I decided, well, there's a connect. What I had done prior, and I did this with the old Roadcasters. I had a I had a separate audio device that was that was chained in, uh, you know, using an analog uh, hole, so to speak. Um, that would that would it was basically how the stream was getting uh, getting to and from the Roadcaster. And unfortunately, uh, or I just we we I bumped that too many times, and and also having all those analog cables, of course, creates noise and all of that stuff. And so I I ripped I basically ripped all of that out, and I said, okay, so let's put it on let's, let's put it on the other computer. Well, okay, that's that part wasn't was was not a big deal. Now, however, when when we had to do the when when I had to put in the uh, the, the other roadcaster into this mix, it was clear that when when we did it last week, I noticed that we there was there was a hum, pretty persistent hum. There was a few. horrible hum. Trying to do the time codes with that episode was very painful. Yes. So we decided uh, ultimately we decided that um, that yes this is that that uh, or, or I needed to relook at that, and so I tried various cabling solutions, and I realized that that was probably the wrong way to do it, and so I said okay. Well, you know, we, we I, I know that you can do, I, I know that uh, Pulse Audio, which is the sort of the standard uh, one of the, one of the standard audio systems that comes with Linux, uh, has the ability to do this the stuff that we're doing now, which is ultimate and, and trying to figure out how to do it. But ultimately, you have to create a bunch of null devices and and and, and sync devices and or and, and, and S I N K, not S Y N C, right? So, and and you configure you, you basically create a various loopback devices because of course most applications can require uh, you know that you can you can specify with pulse audio using the little control the control thing what uh you know what they're using is their input or output right and i you know, I have to do that with button and and and, and, and the streams so it, it handles kind of the audio routing bit of it but i need to be able to take input from multiple things so for example right i have a virtual device that when we're off when we're off air that my my you know rhythm box will play mp3s to uh to this null device which then goes out the stream so but is configured for you know this uh this uh virtual output device um and and so now that and, and now i've got another virtual device that loops that plus the the two roadcasters uh, the input device the you know the, the quote-unquote input to the roadcaster right um are mapped in and so you know when the when bud is there it's recording it's recording that that loop now unfortunately that creates a bit of an audio loop if i don't use mix minus on that particular output which of course the roadcaster can do and and what we're what we were doing earlier right when when i when we were when we were testing and i and i had and we had the double echo we had the echo on when we were playing the voicemails uh yeah that was an issue of the fact that i had the wrong input and so instead of going through instead of reading from the uh you know the um you know the the right uh, the right or it was, it was playing out the wrong port, basically. So, because it has to play out a very specific port, so I don't, so I don't have a loopback uh, situation. So, um, now all of this is. Yeah, what the hell kind of seat is this? Yeah, there's a reason we call it a shit show. Yeah, well, have you seen? Yes, we have. Bi hey, Bemrose, we have big balls. That's all I can say, right? And uh, no, phone boy, I saw the picture. Mm -hmm. He posted in the chat. Okay. It looks like a dude with a big dick fucking the ball. <laughs> it's the oh. it's the different exercises oh, that oh, you yes, can I've do seen, on this yes, thing. I've, yes, I've, I I think I had a ball that actually had that on it. So you have a ball that has it on it, you fucking goober. <laughs> what do you think he's giving you shit about? The ball you sit on has a dude that looks like he's got a giant pecker and he's <laughs> fucking the ball. I've noticed it. I didn't say anything. I was being classy. 
You break? Are you not breaking the balls? What? Who are? Who are you? What? What is, what is going on? I here? don't have my breaking the balls clip on my soundboard. I told you, I'm not feeling good. I'm trying to be a professional, and I'm not doing yeah, fucking so, well. So anyway, there is, um, and and I've even had to, now the other thing that ended up happening too. So we so, um, so I I, I have I have a I'm also running into an issue when I, with 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 uh, Linux audio. So uh, Pulse audio just kind of randomly freezes from time to time. So um, and and that causes the stream to drop out and it causes all kinds of issues. And so next week I'm actually going to switch everything. I'm gonna I'm gonna change out uh, Pulse audio for for pipe wire and hopefully it will uh, that will solve that problem and also maybe allow me to throw a dynamic compressor in there which is something I need to do for the off hours because I realize that not all the tracks have the same uh, are equalized the same way so that uh, I, I, I think we would need that for the stream also so I might act, so that's something I'll probably look at next week but we're not gonna we're not gonna do that but I do but I also the one thing too I that I did change is I, I finally decided that we're gonna change the speakers in the studio because I had a little pair of desktop speakers for their do you have, you have a picture of those speakers right um they're I, yeah they're they're under they're actually, they're really sexy looking yeah i think i have actually they're in the show picture that i did uh they they are there um they're there okay. at least one of them is but it's it's a pair of mackie you know three inch speakers that i that i moved under the uh the table and i just realized because there's one of the other things we had to sort of figure out is so uh little miss phoenix over here is gonna be doing her own show on her own roadcaster without me yeah we'll talk about that on sunday um but uh, yeah we were supposed to actually start it this monday but but because my (laughs) co-host and lovely friend hempress emily has some family obligations we are going to be postponing it for one week so it will be the sixth as opposed to the ninth yes that we debut coffee and chronic but it's coming folks yeah so i actually had to so originally when i had set up her roadcaster i did not put a pair of speakers on it because frankly i didn't have a pair of speakers but what i actually did was uh so that we can hear the clips that play from her computer or her her roadcaster you know in the studio yeah i actually hooked them to the same uh, speakers that are hooked to mine i just again use different cables and lo and behold it seems to work all right so uh you know uh, we're getting so but uh, but we've upped our game and i actually I found out that uh, that it actually does not, uh, you know, the, it, it, there's less slapback from the mics, and I can actually, and actually, the, the speakers themselves are louder. I can actually, I can actually hear them in the uh, bathroom, in, you know, in the bathroom, which is next uh, in the next room over uh, when I'm making coffee and that kind of thing, which is good when we're trying to do Studio 33 and that kind of thing. That's right. You heard right. He makes coffee in the bathroom, and and we don't mean diarrhea. He literally has his hot water pot and his pour over coffee maker sitting on the sink. On his side of the bathroom. Yeah. Do you see this picture of Nurse Elise that was posted in the chat here? By, no, by I missed it. Where the heck did he, is it? It's literally just there. Oh, there it is. Yes, he he posted it like you know just a minute ago here. So, uh, yeah, that's yeah. Hey Nam, hey Nurse Elise, and hey Nurse Elise's friend. Yeah. There's that. So, um, so anyway, we're gonna we're still working on the audio stuff. I, I know we got. I think the levels should be not terrible. We we've been thankfully we've got trolls that tell us that, that our levels are that our levels are wrong. And I can tell you that my THC uh, blood level is definitely wrong at this point. You're right about that. And yeah. Nurse Elise looks magnificent. Look at that smile. She's such a happy gal. And why wouldn't she be? Yeah. You know, newlywed to the man. Nam, yeah. go get it. Yeah. 
Congratulations, you two crazy kids. Well, th- thankfully, Sir Bemrose, the toilet and the sinks are in actually they're, they're, they are in different rooms in these bathrooms. So it's I understand why you wouldn't mix the two, but uh, we're not trying to mix the two. It's just it's it just saves me from having to go down to the first floor. So, uh, and and during a during a show, it also prevents spilling of coffee on the stairs. Something I used to do all the time. So I'm trying to minimize the amount of liquid I I, I used to, that I traverse the stairs with. So, um, and so in fairness, Sir Bemrose, like there's absolutely no oo factor. We don't shower in the third floor bathroom and the bathroom is kept extremely clean nobody uses the coffee sink for anything but making coffee he washes his hands in my sink etc so there's no ooh yeah exactly there's there's a door to the toilet room that gets closed if you do your business so there's none of that like you know wafty shit yeah wafty droplets and things exactly so all right now, meanwhile, let's uh, let's go to the next. Let's uh, let's. Uh, what what happened with rideshare this week? Oh, you mean I finally get to talk about the shit that went on in my week? Uh, yeah. Okay. So the first thing was, I've decided um, to just run Lyft for a little while, and so I turn my app on when I leave the house because most often I'll get a ping in cookville to get a rider which is fine so i get a notification that there's a ride request and it's paying like almost twenty dollars so i'm like hell yeah that's a good way to start my day so i accept the ride and i'm driving and i get to where the pin drops and i get a message from the rider saying oh we're outside blah 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 and i'm like okay i'm like what you know where exactly are you because where the pin dropped is not anywhere near what this guy tells me that he's at the baymont uh hotel this is not a hotel this is a private residence so i call i'm like i need the address of where you are now the address is like five miles from where i am so how the hell the pin dropped that i will never know but anyways so i put in the address he gave me there's nothing there there is no hotel there but i'm thinking like all right this thing's got to be around here somewhere but at this point i'm frustrated i'm like you know what i am wasting time fuck this i canceled the ride i look up the hotel he didn't even give me the right fucking address for where the hotel was and i heard him get the damn address from the front desk person so i'm just like people Make sure when you request a ride, know where the fuck you are so you can get picked up so that the pin will drop in the proper place. Because this is ridiculous. I don't have time to waste chasing people around town because the pin drops five miles from the fucking place that you actually are to be picked up. And oh yeah, by the way, I didn't get paid because where I was when I said fuck this and canceled the ride was not near the pickup pin. So of course it's like, oh, you won't get paid if you cancel. Well, fuck you. I'm not driving five miles, ten miles back to where I originally was. That's a hard pass. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's yeah. So yeah, well, we know these 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 uh, places are. Um, you know, wait a minute. I you okay? I need to be off mute. You there do we, need to be off mute. There we go. At least I caught it, uh, and it wasn't anything that important. But it was just. But yes. Uh, well, you you know what happens when you do that. Simon, you are not on the mic. Yeah, well, yes, you. I realized that too, and I also stumbled. So it's also a good thing. So let's try this again. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut that clip down. Yes. Uh, but nonetheless, you you know I have to give you shit when you are on mute, 
because you would do the same for me. That's right. But I did have an interesting four-pack of riders that was going downtown who tipped me quite nicely. And I found out that they are from Buffalo and that they lived in a house that was actually haunted. There was uh, people walking around the bed. There were things that were thrown across the house. There were shadows seen. There was a whole lot of interesting things that happened in this house. And I actually asked permission because the way that this whole conversation had started was the fact that I mentioned us going to San Francisco to see the Niners. Well, actually going to Santa Clara to see the Niners, but Cali in general. And the fact that I think we're staying in San Jose and that we had hoped to visit the Winchester Mystery House, which I know you have visited before, but I've never been there. So they had apparently been there before and were telling me how awesome it was. And then the husband who was in my passenger seat, because I can only fit three people in the back of my car, unless I put someone in the trunk, which there are times that I have wished to put someone in the trunk, but that's a whole nother story. So the husband and I were actually having a separate conversation from the three pack in the back. And he was kind of conversing with them, but also conversing with me, the fact that they had lived in a haunted house when they lived in, you know, a different part of Buffalo and et cetera, et cetera. And I was like, can I, you know, can I tell this story on my show? Because, of course, they wanted to know about the show, so they potentially could be listening. And I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable by telling a Tales from Rideshare and have them be listening and be like, Oh, my God, I said that in confidence. Or, you know, I, I would happen to say that our Tales from Rideshare segment is not quite comparable to Taxi Cab Confessions. But give us time. We could definitely move forward and, uh, and, and move up with that. But the other thing I had that actually was also related to a Cookville trip was that I got a request to take a ride in Cookville and I knew it was a med ride so you know I'm not surprised when people don't show up for med rides but nonetheless as I was trying to make my way back to the interstate the GPS told me to take a road and when I took the road it dead-ended like the road had been stopped red signs the whole nine so I turn around go back the other way and as I'm driving I see the other end of where this road would have come out where the GPS was trying to put me and it was literally through a field y'all there was no way this was passable by any stretch of the imagination and then there was this other ride uh, road that I took when I was in Cookville the other day on a ride as well this is what made it worse is I actually had a passenger for this ride it tells me to take a street called like South Main and I'm like oh okay yeah no this shit was through a forest and even though it was paved it was probably paved 40 years ago there were broken chunks of asphalt there were huge water washouts I mean if I had had my pickup truck I would not have been that nervous but driving this road just hoping to get to the other end I was really I mean this road did not have room for anything but my car on it if i had met another vehicle it would have been a real shit show because there were steep ditches off each side of this road i was like okay the next time my gps decides to tell me it wants me to take a road that when i look at it the first thought i have is that i hear banjos and and to uh, paddle faster yeah no that's going to be a hard pass by all rights and responsibilities 
So one of the more interesting things that happened this week, I was on my way home and I saw the ladder truck for the local fire department that was getting on the interstate. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll just, uh, you know, I'll slide over and let him on because, you know, having run EMS in the past, you know, I still consider law enforcement, EMS, and fire rescue as brothers and sisters. So, you know, you do a, you do somebody a solid, you let them over. So long story short, I get to my exit, which is just one exit up from where I was. I get off the exit. I see that the ladder truck gets off the exit. Okay, that's cool. I'm not sure where the station is. So, you know, of course they could be getting off the exit. And then I make a left and I'm coming across the interstate. And right next to the interstate is a Hardee's. And there is an ambulance with its lights on, a fire truck with its lights on, a couple of cops around, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? <coughs> you know, I'm looking for the carnage. I'm, I'm wanting to see cars flipped. I mean, give, give me something. No. So because I am like, all right, I had to get fuel off the same exit I live off of, which is not always the case. So I go get fuel, and by the time I come out, the ladder truck has its lights on, there's another few cops that have joined there's another fire apparatus the ambulance has disappeared but okay i'm like all right now i'm curious because i see the ladder truck has its ladder boom extended and there is an american flag hanging over the road and i'm like with the way the lights were positioned i almost thought that maybe it was and i will tell you I was battling in my head whether or not this would be applicable because my first thought with the way the lights on the end of the ladder were showing, I'm like, are they setting up an LZ or a landing zone to bring the medevac helicopter in? Which, I mean, weirder things have happened. Why they'd be doing it there, I don't know, unless there was, you know, the the only thing I could justify is further down the road, past the roundabout or maybe at the roundabout, there had been a serious wreck that I hadn't seen and maybe that was the closest to the scene that they could drop the bird would be on that road but nevertheless you know I'm sitting there and I'm watching and I see a cop stop traffic and I'm I had my window open because I'm listening to hear the rotor wash if it ends up being the bird well it didn't end up being the med helicopter it ended up being a bus full of veterans that were coming back from going to D.C. to visit the wall. Apparently, this is a thing that what? they do often. Yeah, and, wh- and why, why is Siri talking to you? Because Siri's a dumb fuck. Yeah, well. Yeah. Because, you know, fuck computers. Fucking computers. It's all their fault. It really yeah. is. Well, you know? you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Not when this bitch goes off all the time, it's not. But getting back to the thing, it was a bus full of veterans. Apparently, they do this because I actually rode over when they had uh, started taking the flag down and uh, doing what they do to close down. Um, I went over to ask, you know, one of the guys, you know, what's going on? So he explained it because I saw the bus that had literally a police escort. Must be a real slow crime night in our town. But it was a police escort to the hotel I was sitting next to, consequently, that they were set up for. So when the bus came in and the cops all, 
escorted in everything. Then they took the flag down and yada yada. So I went over. Yeah, by, and by the way, we're, we're now her and I are at this point are sitting. We're, oh, we're, we're on a video call at that time. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're on FaceTime because we were because yeah, we do that sometimes. And you know, we were. I think we were just happened to be on that night because uh, I I FaceTime you on my way home from work a lot of times at night because I miss you yeah. and I want to see you. Oh, that's right, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's a nice thing to do while I'm uh, sitting out on the balcony enjoying some Precisely. Uh, some fresh air, motherfucker. And, that's know, right, and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, and so you know I'm seeing a, a small window of this, and you know, and of course I'm hearing the conversation, the conversations you're having with the with the um, with, with the uh, with the with the, uh, the the you know the firefighter the firefighter that was a. Uh, that uh, that you that you talked to and and, and I just, I just thought it was a uh, it was an interesting experience because yeah you see this bus go by and you and with this entourage and you know and you're looking and you're going the fuck? I had a bunch of star like American flag balloons that everybody in the bus had and the lights were on yeah it was just yeah I mean I'm I'm just watching this I'm going. Holy shit! This has got to be in the newspaper, and I actually need to check to see if it was covered in the newspaper because we're going. What the fuck is this? Because you know, there is one thing about living in a small town is yeah, there's not a whole lot of information sources about what's actually going on in this in your. Small no, town. you'd be amazed with what yeah. makes headlines and front page in this small town. Yes, and uh, yeah, uh, the, yeah, the Crossville Chronicles. Uh, some of the stuff that makes uh, that makes headlines, you just kind of shake your head and go, oh well, you know, I guess it's a small town, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, we try not to be judgmental. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it was so. I, I this was a, this was a great. Um, this was, yeah, I mean, it, it's just one of those things. You just kind of go, well, okay, they're they're honoring veterans. We're we're, we're definitely okay with that. Um, yeah, I, I I mean, I, I poke fun at the fact it must have been a slow crime night or you know whatever. But the fact that they've been doing this for years and such, you know, it is a nice way to honor those who put their life on the line for this ungrateful, shitty country. Yeah, exactly, and all the all the people that are that are running it into the ground, you know. Yeah, you know the politicians and such. Exactly. So, um, all right. So, is there is there any more we need to say about that? No, it it wasn't a very active week, and of course, you know, as you all can hear, you know, as and as I've said, you know, I'm not feeling well, so I took yesterday off. Otherwise, I might have actually had some more rideshare stories. Exactly. But. I was hungover on Monday and sick as fuck on Friday. So it was a short week. Next week, I definitely have to work a full week. My bank account is cursing at me. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know that. So, yeah, my yeah, my bank account is uh, cursing at me, although for different reasons. But, uh, yes, it is just. Uh, yes. Yes. And, and we know exactly what one of those reasons is, sadly. And, you know. Yeah. That uh, fucking bitch. Um, so. Yeah, enough said on that. All right. Well, I think it's so. Um, no, normally this is the point in the show where we play the voicemails. However, we are going to save the voicemails for tomorrow, uh, which will be live after no agenda. So roughly the same time tomorrow. Uh, um, uh, Ironically. Yeah, exactly. And 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 hopefully, and, and this time I have the right uh, configuration to actually get on the stream after no agenda. I'm glad I got to. I'm glad I did this today as opposed to yet tomorrow. Right. Oh, there's no way in hell you would have done it tomorrow. Bemrose would have been on your ass like a diaper if your sound quality was not well, dialed no, I'm in. I'm talking by about just time. connecting to the fucking stream on time. That's what I'm talking about. Because yeah, now I could, because I couldn't connect to the stream on time I went because that, that's one of the things I can't test I can test a lot of things but that's not one of the things because I'm not going to get on the stream unless it is, unless I'm 100 percent certain that uh, there's nobody on it because true know, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to mess with stuff so, uh, so but we'll get but in any case we will save the voicemails for tomorrow uh, and so uh, if you want to uh, weigh in on our on our topic of what's your favorite leftover 
and you, you can really interpret anything you want out of that. Uh, call 253-237-3321 and uh, tell us what you think. Uh, what yeah, because we, we definitely want to know what your favorite leftover is. And uh, we can, I think, just in fairness, we should share... Uh, one of our favorite leftovers. Okay, uh, go, all right, personally. So, okay, that way. I, okay, so so go on. Uh. Okay, so in fairness, um, this is unfortunately hot, fresh garbage. I'm not gonna lie, but I have got a soft spot in my heart for leftover pizza or leftover spaghetti. Take some butter, put it in a pan, reheat that spaghetti. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I'm laughing at Bemrose. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great. Yeah, I, 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 I <laughs> I'm, uh, no comment. Shots fired. Yes, that's all I'm saying. Yes. So, all right. It is time to. Uh, it is actually time to. Uh, to you go. You didn't on. tell what your favorite leftover. Oh, was. what is my favorite leftover? Well, um, I will tell you that what I will tell you one of my favorite leftovers is that cheese sauce that I that you. Oh yeah! Every time I make a cheese sauce. Yes. Yeah, you said that it's been in there for a while. Oh, it still tasted just. Uh, you heat that shit up, it tastes just as good as it uh, as it did when you made it. You know. Well, I think it actually probably keeps better than the seven day rule, simply because of what's in it. Yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah, it's yeah. It was it's it was almost like a very. It was, it, you have to heat it up because it gets very thick. I mean, very thick. Yeah, it's very tasty though. So that I think that is my favorite leftover that I've had in a, in a, in a, in a hot minute. So <laughs> I love the fact that you named my cheese sauce as your favorite leftover. That's that's beautiful. Yes. Well, this is well. Let's put it this way: that is, I, I'm not a leftover person, but that was. But I have to say, in terms of leftovers, that was pretty good. Um, no, and I can honestly say there's been times when I've taken stuff that's in the fridge and made an un- unholy matrimony, and you've enjoyed it. That's right. So one of which I have to shout out because my mom was totally blown away by the fact is the fact that I took yero meat that I made fresh and combined it with just ground beef and seasoned the whole fucking pot with taco seasoning and she ate the hell out of it not knowing it was lamb and uh, ground beef for the yero meat yeah, you wouldn't. It, honestly, it's hard to. It, the lamb is hard. You to taste. totally could not have told that that was not ground beef when I took that leftover shit, chopped it up really fine, and added it to the rest of the ground beef. Okay, hold on. I gotta deal with that, deal with that issue here. Uh, yeah, there, there's yeah something the cat does not need to have access to. What is it? It's a twist tie. Fucking cat got a twist tie. Yes, that happens at times. So, okay. Meanwhile, um, so you can tell us your favorite leftovers at 253-237-3321. We'll play them tomorrow uh, when we do our refire segment. Yes, Um, we will. And meanwhile, it is time for uh, this this, uh, segment of the show. I'll take a drink, and my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke. Reefer, you know, it relaxes me and everything. A couple of doobies, you know, just to get you through the day and everything. But I do not freebase cocaine. Smoke weed every day. Yeah, yeah. Of course, that's it's not, right. It's interesting. Of course, you use that clip. Uh, you know, we used to use that to introduce the segment. So, I know. But considering this next story about the USDA saying genetically modified hemp plants may be safely grown and bred in the U.S. Like, really? Uh, yeah, like you need that. But, uh, but a hemp plant genetically engineered to produce lower levels of the, can- of the cannabinoids uh, THC and, and, can- and, and cannabicronamine, uh, or CBC, may be safely grown and bred in the United States, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has announced. 
like it, like that, like we were all waiting for that. Um, a hemp plant genetically engineered to produce lower levels of cannabinoids, THC, and cannabin. And, and, and maybe okay, I've already okay. That's in there. That's in there twice. That's a, that's that that's was the, probably totally my fault when I did the copy paste. Copy paste. All right. So the hemp plant uh, was genetically modified and submitted for review by Growing Together Research, a biotechnology firm headquartered in Fort Wayne, Indiana. The company announced earlier this week, it had uh, earlier this year. I mean that it had achieved the first known stable transformation and regeneration of multiple THC-free hemp cultivars. And in June announced it would work to increase the THC production in cannabis plants. What? You read that right. Okay, I just want to make sure I read that right, because it that does not make sense. Uh, in its request for the USDA review, Growing Together Research said that changes are intended to make the engineered plants free of THC and CBC and also boost the resistance to herbicide. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, that's there you go. You know, make it so that it's so that it's far. Yeah, that, that's the real key right there is make it make it, a, you know, make it resistant to us. Whatever insecticide, they, whatever chemicals they want to spray on it. Oh, fan fucking. Exactly. Yes, it is. Uh, um, so, um, yeah, and, and we, we, we have, uh, let's, let's, I'm, I, I've actually, I think we've got multiple copy paste errors. Uh, so we, so, um, this is directly out of that fucking story. So if there's anything wrong, much like the ones that you and you usually do yeah, exactly. i'm not taking responsibility yeah, we, for we, shitty we, we, journalism yeah we reviewed the modified hemp plant to determine whether it posted an it posed an increased plant pest risk as compared to cultivated hemp usda's uh, animal and plant health uh, in, inspection service or aphis which i think is an interesting acronym um said in a note last week uh, aphis found this modified hemp is unlikely to pose an increased plant pest risk compared to other cultivated hemp um but it's probably yeah. But the question is, is that uh, well, is this the kind of stuff? Is this the kind of stuff you're actually smoking, or are they growing it for other reasons? There, there's questions there. Now, um, the company said in, in its request that it believes the intended resistance to the herbicide is not expected to result in any other material changes to metabolism, physiology, or development of the plant. Now. The APHIS review focused on whether the new hemp plant does po poses a plant pest risk. Now. The process, according to the agency, examines the plant's pests and diseases that are known to be associated with a commodity, identifies those pests that are likely to remain on the, the commodity upon Im importation into the United States, and evaluates the mitigations that may be required to avoid, reduce, or eliminate the risk of pest introduction into the United States. Now, Okay, I want to point something out that's unrelated but related. So, APHIS, A-P-H-I-S... Not to be confused with APHIS, A-F-I-S, which is the Automated Fingerprint Identification System. I knew that acronym sounded fucking familiar, and that's why. Well, there you go. Um, so, in its response to Growing Together's research, USDA determined that the engineered hemp variant is not subject to the regulations under 7 CFR Part 340, which regulates the movement of genetically modified organisms. It may, however, be subject to other regulations, for example, permitting or quarantine requirements, USDA said. Now, another new, uh, another re new resource is a video instructing hemp farmers on how to build and use a Ghostbusters-like backpack vacuum, which USDA says can collect up to 10 grams of cannabis pollen in less than a minute. See, now that might not be the hor the most horrible thing. I, I can kind of get behind a, a little 
you know, Ghostbusters pack vac that collects cannabis pollen really yes. quick. That would be a game changer in the weed growing industry. Yes. Um, so uh, USDA has promoting the hemp market in a number of ways, including recently teaming up with the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture to host farmers for an educational event focused on cultivating cannabis in a bio-based economy. Now, the USDA also renamed a trade advisory committee to prominently feature hemp among a select group of specialty crops and doubled the number of hemp industry representatives on its federal trade advisory panels, reflecting the agency's understanding of cannabis as a uniquely valuable commodity. Uh, well, like like the like the rest of us haven't figured this out already. Um, nevertheless, the this hemp- is so, I, I told you when I was doing this, this was a fucking hate cover. Yeah. Nevertheless, the hemp sector took a major economic hit last year, according to analysis from the USDA that showed the crop's value dropped precipitously. Stakeholders have largely attributed the downturn to a lack of Food and Drug Administration's regulations on marketing hemp derivative products such as CBD oil. But FDA has insisted it needs Congress to enact such rules. Bullshit, bullshit, and more bullshit. And oh, by the way, you. Want to know why you had a downturn? Because of your bullshit 0.3%. When you can get 15, 20, and 30% on the fucking street, why is somebody going to be using the shit in a store? That's only got 0.3, which is such an arbitrary number. Yes. Um, now, and bipartisan lawmakers in the House and Senate have introduced companion bills this session that aim to reduce regulatory burdens for farmers that grow industrial hemp for non-extraction purposes. How about you just legalize the shit and call it good? Yeah, they're putting more fucking effort into finding slipshot ways to regulate this fucking plant rather than just giving a full federal legalization and let people wait for it. What a wild concept. Let people make decisions for themselves. You know, Oregon was the only state that finally said, you know what? You're adults. Figure it the fuck out. Everything's legal. And then the only thing we get here in Tennessee is 0.3% hemp. Like, fuck you guys. Exactly. Now, meanwhile, um, I think we, I think we're, I think we're on to the, uh, to the next story here. So. Oh yeah, feel that bass in the in the speakers there, honey. Oh yeah, cool. that that reminds me of the Howard Stern clip where uh, she sits on the speaker. Yes, I, I remember that. I have that, that, that is that they have they have that on the uh, on the soundtrack to the Howard to the Howard Stern Private Parts movie. Which oh is, my God, do they really? Yes, they do. I might I might I fucking I, love I, that. I, I, yes, it's on the album. I have I have uh, but yes. Uh, but so yes, the whole reason why that clip is relevant is because polls affirm once again that most Ohioans plan to vote yes on November's recreational weed measure. Thank God. Step in the right direction. Go Ohio. So again, it's been confirmed that most Ohioans plan to vote yes on the November's recreational weed measure. And this could legalize adult use cannabis for recreational purposes. Now, the most recent poll on the subject affirmed this, saying that... Oh, where the hell did it go? Come on. Come I, on. I cannot believe I lost my place on my thing. See what happens when I'm sick? It's the medication. Yeah, so the... Uh, yeah, so the uh, I'm letting you take this. Okay, so a poll commissioned by the Coalition to Regulate Marijuana Like Alcohol, CRMLA, the campaign supports uh, supporting the ballot initiative and conducted by FM3 Research likely uh, surveyed likely November voters in mid-August, specifically asking about their stance on ushering in recreational cannabis laws for the Buckeye State. 
Yes. The, this, the results found that uh, roughly three out of five Ohioans voters uh, support the cannabis legal, legalization measure set to appear on the November ballot. And nearly two-thirds of respondents said that they believe adult-use cannabis legalization in, in Ohio is inevitable. Now, the survey consisted of 843 total, uh, total interviews for the Ohio voters likely to turn out for this November's election through telephone calls, email, and text invitations. Now, nearly two-thirds of voters approved of the state's medical cannabis system, 63% total with 29% strongly approving and and 34% uh, somewhat approving. Now, that's a slight drop from September 2020's 70% total. And when asked, regardless of how you feel about the specific measure, do you think marijuana should be taxed, regulated, and legalized for adults in Ohio? 67% agreed, 50% strongly, and 17% somewhat, which is only, again, a slight dip from 2022's 71% and 2020's 73%. And the survey also asked Ohioans, regardless about how they feel about it, if they believe the legalization is inevitable. And 63% said yes. And a total of 59% of the residents said they were planning to vote for the upcoming cannabis measure, albeit in varying capacities. 38% said definitely yes, 17% said probably yes, and 5% said they were undecided, but they were leaning toward yes. This ballot measure would legalize possession for up to two and a half ounces of cannabis for adults over the age of 21, um, along with up to 15 grams of cannabis concentrates. And individuals can grow up to six plants for personal use, capping out at 12 plants per household. Yeah, and, and that, that's a, that's a uh, yeah that that's I mean that's that's a good amount that's decent amount yeah exactly um, now current medical cannabis business would also enjoy a head start in the recreational market as regulators would begin issuing adult use licenses to qualified applicants who operate existing medical cannabis businesses within nine months of enactment the division would also be required to issue forty percent uh, forty recreational cultiv- uh, cultivator licenses and fifty adult use retailer licenses with preference to applications participating under the cannabis's social equity and jobs program and we know exactly what that is all about so municipalities would also be allowed to opt out from allowing new recreational cannabis companies from operating in the area although they could not block existing medical cannabis businesses from expanding to add co-located adult use operations employers would also be uh, allowed to maintain policies prohibiting workers from consuming recreational cannabis um now, a recent study shows that the adult use market could also create potential for hefty boosts in tax revenue. Now, the study con- uh, conducted by Ohio State University suggests that the state could generate between the Ohio State. That's right, uh, between two hundred seventy-five million and four hundred three million dollars by the fifth year of operations in adult use tax revenue. Should voters move to legalize? Yeah, yeah, I love the fact that they actually bring some numbers in to show these assholes that. This is how the progression is moving. You are leaving all this money on the table because rough math gives you about 4.5, or I'm sorry, 40.5 million in revenue just in the first year. How, how do you look at that and not go, wow? I mean, anywhere between 40 to basically 75 mil a year is what you would be bringing in by legalizing i mean i know that doesn't seem like a lot but yeah have you have you been on the roads in ohio lately have you seen the shittiness that is cleveland cincinnati columbus yeah legalize y'all 
Yeah, well, we need to do the same thing because the roads around here are fucking, Oh, my God. Yeah, I, I drive that. it every fucking day in Nashville. Yeah, well, even, even, okay, and the roads around here in, in, in Cumberland County are, are not, you know, they're not any better. I mean, it's... No, everywhere. our roads suck. Not as bad as some other states, but they, they really could use the improvement. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, do that. Now, meanwhile, um, it, is, um, it is time for the back of the napkin segment, which means we need to play this clip. It looks like it's alive. So that pizza you cooked last night was pretty bomb diggity, actually. It was. I I decided. Talk a little bit about it. Yeah, I'm going to. It was a new pizza crust recipe that I was trying out. That's known as cloud bread, which is egg whites, almond flour, and some spices. Now I did. I did screw it up, and I'm going to remake it at some point the right way. And I'm going to own my shit in how I fucked it up. So because the egg whites are whipped like a meringue you often put cream of tartar in to assist in the stiff peaks and soft peaks that you want to accomplish by whipping these egg whites except for phoenix made a huge mistake because she was very baked when making dinner and instead of putting cream of tartar in the egg whites she put guar gum oh my I don't want to talk about it. I have a feeling that pizza crust was supposed to be a lot fluffier than it was because it it was nice and fluffy. Um, even after I whipped it up with the uh, the xanthan, or I'm sorry, it was xanthan gum, not guar gum. It was xanthan gum that I put in, but it set it. And what I mean by that is when I added the flour, because I should have read ahead in the recipe, when I added all the flour and spices and everything, and then it wants you to whip it again. Yeah. If, if you've ever seen what happens when a souffle deflates. Yeah. It took all the air out of those egg whites by putting that uh, xanthan gum in it. And it it was still edible. I mean, it held up well to the toppings as long as you had a fork and knife. And flavor-wise, it didn't taste all eggy like you would expect, but I think that's because of all the toppings and the sauce that was on it. It sort of masked the eggy taste. But there are pictures in the show notes and in the chat, so you can see this epic pizza that took up the entire space on my pizza stone, which I don't mind, and it was delicious. Yeah, uh, yeah. The only the only real complaint I had was the crust wasn't crispy enough. But I think I know, but I think I know that's yes. partially because of the that when the yeah, these uh, these breads that uh, that are that uh, the the non the non uh, grain based bread looking things right that, that that you do yeah they don't brown the same way that bread does that's one thing i like about that's, there's a reason i i'm a, i'm a huge toast fan is the crunch of the bread yes i would agree with that but remember t- uh toast is made of bread which is made of grain which is not allowed exactly so 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 anyway we will so there will be uh the there will be in the chapter markers because if you want to see the chat so um you know it's a beautiful thing about this is that we can uh, we have pictures of this of course and what we'll do is we'll actually put them in the show notes um of, of course for if you if you if of you, course but uh, if you have one of the new uh, podcasting apps, uh, you actually you will actually see them as you're listening to the podcast. You will actually see when we're talking about the to- the, the the toast the uh, uh, talking about you got the, toast on the brain. I got toast on the brain. Yeah. So if I, we talk we talk about the pizza, it's there. It's it's you can you'll you'll see a picture of it when you go into your podcast app. So if you don't have a podcast app that does this, go to newpodcastapps.com and get you one. That's how you, that's how that works. So, um, but okay. So here we go. I now. am uh, not making. 
pizza or bread out of cricket flour that's a hard pass no because uh because uh, much like the there I, i'm sure i've got uh, do i even have this clip loaded i need to i need to i need the bugs you clip probably don't I, yeah because i clean because i did clean up my clips here but i i will get it here on the on the clipboard hella ew Yes, but you know, because of course we've we've got it. We have to uh, we have to play the clip because uh, you know I am the ombudsman of clips here. So, uh, but uh, there's I'm trying. To you fu- waste more time trying to fuck with playing a clip. Tastes like poop. Tastes like poop. There's that fag talk we talked about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Oh, gross. Yes. So yeah, we're but yeah. Gonna... Here, so some more fag talk for y'all. For you. Yeah. Now, uh, so the, the 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 headline on this story is this is a, so our back of the napkin segment kind of has stuff that doesn't fit anywhere else. It's kind of become a tech. It's kind of become like just. Uh, for me, it's it gives, kind of become the tech dump. Yeah, it's be, kind of become the, the 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 tech phone boys tech rage is what this comes down to. So, uh, shocking AI deepfakes convincingly convincingly in, imitate celebrities and fool online fans. Now, broadcast journalist and CBS This Morning co-host uh, uh, Gail King, uh, actor Tom Hanks, and YouTube personality Mr. Beast have all recently fought back against unsanctioned deepfake videos of themselves that are circulating on social media. Now, on Monday, King posted a warning on Instagram and shared a snippet of a video (coughs) that used her likeness for advertising a weight loss product. People keep sending me this video and asking me about this product, and I have nothing to do with the company, King wrote. She added the words, fake video, to the corresponding image. I have never heard of this product or used it. Please don't be fooled by these AI videos, she said. Representatives for King have requested the removal of the fake videos uh, from the corresponding platforms. It's not just King. Um, actor, Academy Award winner Tom Hanks, who I share a birthday with, by the way, uh, recently shared a warning with his 9.5 million online followers citing a similar scam. Now, uh, begin quote, there is, a, there is a video out there promoting some dental plan with an AI version of me. I have nothing to do with it, Hanks wrote on Instagram. YouTube star Mr. Beast, whose real name is uh, Jimmy Donaldson, also had recently reported a deep fake scam ad that uses his likeness in an iPhone giveaway video. If you're watching this video, you're one of the 10,000 lucky people who will get an iPhone 15 Pro for just $2, the ad announced to the viewers. I'm Mr. Beast, and I'm doing the world's largest iPhone 15 giveaway. Click the link below to claim yours now. Oh, that doesn't sound nefarious at all. No. Um... Yeah, we know what happens when you click on the wrong link. Uh, over the years, social media sites have struggled to contend with deep fake content, an issue that other media outlets have brought to light by creating their own deep fakes of public figures. Yeah, great. So they're so they're creating the problem, and they're also showing us how they're going to fuck with us again. Great job, media. Don't show us the fucking playbook or anything like that. Yeah, yeah it's like again, they're not hiding it anymore. No, they're just they putting it out in the open. Yeah, and because, because expecting people will be dumb enough to be. Yeah, not be, fooled. Yeah, because people, people are yeah they're they're normalizing it is what they're doing. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're normalizing it. So uh, at present, few concrete laws exist around deep fakes and unauthorized AI generated content, both within the U.S. and around the world. Now in Hollywood, um, the, the use of actors' AI based likenesses is on the negotiating table between the screen the Screen Actors Guild, um, uh, you know, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, uh, SAG-AFTRA, and major film studios. Now SAG-AFTRA is advocating for protections around the use of its members likeness um 
Um, let's see. Vo- uh, um, voice and performance uses without explicit consent or without compensation. AI's capability to mimic creative expressions is a real and immediate threat to the work of the actors, say the labor union. Yeah. They're not wrong. No, they're not wrong. And that seems like a real power play on the part of SAG-AFTRA and also the creators of the AI in so much as they're making like famous people obsolete. Yeah. All right. I'm 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 think I'm with Mama T the junk drawer cuz that that I think we're now going to rename this segment the junk drawer. That's funny. Yes. That is exactly because uh yeah, I grew up with the junk drawer. I know what junk drawers are. In fact, that that that, that drawer in the top left of our uh in our entertainment console. <laughs> yes, we yeah, have that's, a junk drawer. That's basically the junk drawer. And then um so yes, I I think that I, that is I, that is now exactly what that is called. Now my I have, to, I have to point out something uh, and my dad used to say uh, believe none of what you hear and half of what you read. Now I think we can now add we can add C to this now. If you, if you can't believe what you can what you're seeing then um how do you know what and of course, you know, this just takes the, I mean this has been going on for a long time this just takes it to a whole new level well you know it's interesting because um when I'm having a smoke at night I like to play a mindless game and on this game there is an advertisement oh my god it aggravates the shit out of me for oh what the hell is um I can't remember the name. It's the one with the king that's always getting his ass in trouble. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the, um, oh, that game. Yes. But anyways, so there's an ad on this game with the likeness of a favorite, a famous celebrity that I can't think of the name of right now. But I remember watching this video and my initial impression when I saw it, I looked at Phone Boy and I'm like, that is so fucking AI. It just doesn't even look real to me. Yeah, I've, yeah, I've, I, I know it's what she's talking about. Yeah, really fucked up yeah the way that people can look at this and actually think that's really the celebrity that's doing that endorsement exactly um yeah so all right i think it's time to move on to the next uh, story here so if you want to uh, i think it you is wanna, as you wanna well hit, you wanna can we forget about the hack for just last week yeah, somebody had fun picking clips. I had to I had to cut a bunch of clips here before that. Yeah, before. okay, so a little nod to Schwed Zeppelin. We love it. Yeah, exactly. So so some smart cookies at institutions in China and Singapore uh, have de- devised a technique for reading keystrokes and pilfering passwords or passcodes from Wi-Fi-connected mobile devices on public networks without any hardware hacking. Wow, that sounds magical. Now, this technique is made possible thanks to beamforming feedback information, or BFI, which consists of data about wireless signal characteristics that turn out to be useful for ensuring a strong network connection and for applications like Wi-Fi sensing. Now, beamforming is a technique that directs radio waves towards the device intended to receive them instead of transmitting them omnidirectionally. It was it was a standardized within, 80, within Wi-Fi 802.11ac, uh, perhaps without sufficient concern about security, because the BFI it generates travels unprotected in clear text on public networks. Oh, great, fantastic! Who knew that? That's not that's not good on non-password protected, publicly accessible networks, as might be encountered at a cafe, a shopping mall, or an airport. Now, if you only why care, are you using these to begin with without like a VPN or some kind of security? Yeah, if you only care about private password protected networks, the rest of this article is literally academic for you. Now, in a preprint paper titled um, Password Stealing Without Hacking, Wi-Fi-Enabled Practical Keystroke Eavesdropping, uh, authors uh, Jinyang Hu, uh, Hongbo Wang, uh, Tianyue uh, Zhang, uh, Xingji Hu, Zishen, Hongbo Zhang, and Jun Luo. I, 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 if anybody, if there's any Chiners uh, listening in the audience, uh, let We're me know. We're sorry for murdering yeah. those names. Yes, exactly. It's it's kind of it's kind of like uh, you know JCD doing it with the Dutch names. Oh just, my God! Yes. 
Yes, they describe how they came up with a way to infer numerical passwords by capturing BFI and analyzing the results. Now, their work has been accepted into the ACM SIGSEC conference. Um, by the way, I think ACM stands for the Association for Computing and Machinery or something like that. I think that's what I remember. Cause it's one of those things I remember from being a math uh, major. Um, so math comp sci major. Um, so anyway, in, in, in KI is capitalized here to indicate keystroke inference, inferring what keystroke occurred from the BFI data. Now, as a surveillance target moves their finger around their phone or tablet to type out things like a password or a passcode, the diffraction pattern of the wireless network's radio signals between the device and the base station is disturbed enough that it shows up in the BFI, which can be eavesdropped and used to infer which keys are being tapped on screen, it is claimed. Now, basically, by recording the BFIs in, in Wi-Fi frames when the victim, let's say Bob, is typing his password, a nearby spy, Eve, can collect time series data, the BFI samples that can be correlated to the typed password using a deep learning model. Now, will this will this research result in actual practical attacks? Yeah, probably not, but it does make for good press. I can assure you of that. More shit to panic over with your telescreens. Yes, exactly. Now we now I think we I think we've uh, go to the uh, to the uh, dishonorable mentions segment of the show. Y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates. So, all right, this one is just this one just kind of blows my mind. I've got I've got two uh, today. Uh, the U.S. issues. Oh yes, we oh that's right. We had a, we have a clip for that. Yeah, I forgot about that. So every so one of them. Yeah, every one of them. Because I'm a professional. Because you're a professional. So the the Federal Communications Commission fined Dish Network $150,000 for failing to move an old satellite far enough away from others in use. The company admitted liability over its Echo Star 7 satellite and agreed to a quote-unquote compliance plan with the Federal Communications uh, Commission or the the, the the Federal cocksuckers or something. I don't know. Now, according to NASA, there are more than 25... Now, okay, in this article, they did not capitalize NASA correctly. Every single letter of NASA needs to be capitalized. This is the rages I have to listen to when he's doing Waldo finding for work. Yes, exactly. So, there are more than 25,000 pieces of space debris measuring over 10 centimeters long. That's... It's not that long. Uh, it's uh, it's longer than some people's penis, which uh, but uh, but not. Why are you equating space junk to penises? Now we really need to talk about this. <laughs> okay, now NASA boss Bill Nelson told the BBC in July that space junk was a major problem, which meant that the International Space Station has had to be moved out of the way of debris flying past. Now even a paint ship coming in in the wrong direction at orbital speed, which is 17,500 17, miles an hour, could hit an astronaut doing a spacewalk and that could be fatal dude you get hit by a paint chip doing 17,500 miles an hour you're not gonna you're literally not gonna know what hit you you're just gonna be fucking lights out yeah well that might i mean it still would put a, it still might put a hole through you either way like oh it's the, definitely gonna put a fucking hole through you a speck of dust could put a hole through you going that fucking fast exactly so all right we got one more and i think that, so um so that's okay. how you know you so, I love this story. Yes, yeah, so Toyota's uh, 14 Japanese factories all shut down for about two days last month due to a production order system malfunction caused by a lack of disk space, the company announced recently. So the, the problem began during maintenance work on August 27th. The Toyota's press release said the following. During the maintenance uh, procedure, data that accumulated in the database was deleted and organized, and an error occurred due to insufficient disk space, causing the system to stop. Since these servers were running on the same system, a similar failure occurred occurred in the backup function and the switchover could not be made i don't even know how the fuck uh yeah that yeah we are some some of the clips are over modulated and we got this is one of those things we probably <laughs> throw a compressor in here to 
to mess that up. So yes, yeah, that, we're we're gonna fix that. Yeah, there there's we we have some. Yeah, actually, that clip is uh, was over my. Yeah, I had you turn your clips up because some of the clips are down. I can fortunately on the old roadcaster, I cannot. Uh, I actually can't turn that in, or I can't. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, oh, I, you have a slider that I can learn to work. Yeah, you just have to know some of the clips are hot. We'll have to figure. Yeah. like I said, some of these things we'll have to figure out here. But I had it turned up. We, we're professionals and we fuck things up. Um, I mean, seriously, what the fuck? But yeah, these are. I mean, yeah, the problem. I mean, that does happen, and things. Disk space is an issue. But I mean, that that's their. You know, they. But they, for a major corporation like Toyota, that should not be something that happens by any stretch of the imagination. The fact that this actually made print, and it's a matter of truth being stranger than fiction. Mm, exactly, and uh, you know what? I think we, I think we got to the end of this. I think, I think, I think, I think so. I think we. I'm so fucking over this. All right, y'all. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll hang around for Studio Thirty Three and such. Uh, but um, until then, I guess uh, this is this is this is the end of this episode of the Lotus Effect. Uh, t- uh, tune in tomorrow for another one. <laughs> but know, if you want to join us. Uh, Come to lotuseffect.stream and pound Lotus. Yeah, but effect. we have, yes, exactly. But we also, but I think we have to end the show first. Before yeah, we do. That we do. So we're going to end this shit yeah. something like this. Yes, exactly. Jordan fades back, swoosh, and that's the game. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you, I'm out. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.